Hi everybody, welcome back to New Life Church. We are in week two of Secret Agent. How many of you guys are glad to be at New Life Church today? Come on, let me hear from you. I know that I am, I, I, I just am. I, I've got like this anticipation today of uh, something. It may, it may just be, you know, just the joy of meeting with all of you, uh, even at Ogallala, North Platte, online, here at our Kearney campus. Uh, it also could be like the subject matter that we're talking about. I love talking about the Holy Spirit. I love talking about the Holy Spirit and, and His work uh, in our lives. Both the power of the Holy Spirit flowing into our lives and the power of the Holy Spirit flowing out of our lives. So my name's Jeff. If you're new here with us, if this is maybe your first week or maybe you haven't been around for a while, and uh, it's just a joy to have you guys here. We're going to jump right in. Last week we did talk about the secret agent being the Holy Spirit. And you remember, right, we went through some of the reasons why I called it secret agent. Because we're, we're like fascinated with these uh, CIA operative uh, shows and movies. I'm, my wife and I are even watching a TV series right now that has to deal with it. With, you know, whether it's Mission Impossible or it's James Bond or it's Jack Ryan or one of these guys. Like, we're just intrigued with this like power that these kind of people possess and how they, they go after each mission. And although it might be difficult, and it might seem like the odds are stacked against them, in the end, they win. And it seems like a great parallel to the story of our Christianity, that there are times when it seems like, wow, how in the world am I going to make it? In the end, this seems really difficult. Wow, am I a failure, right? Am I ever going to be able to live the kind of life God's asking for? And at times, it might seem like we're going to be overcome by this world. But the faithfulness of Jesus Christ and the power of his spirit at work in our lives reminds me today and I want to remind you today you win in the end stay faithful to God you win in the end amen come on you win in the end and the reason is because the secret agent who lives in you the Holy Spirit who lives in you. We need more of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Last week we kind of highlighted the fact that we need the resurrection power of the Holy Spirit to resurrect some of our faith and some of those things that have grown dormant in our lives. But we also need the life-sustaining power of the Holy Spirit to help us live the godly life God's called us to. So we need an increase of the flow of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And the reason why God... Guys, is because God wants to have an outflow of the Holy Spirit in your life as well. And so you can't give what you don't have. If you don't have an inflow of the Holy Spirit coming in, how in the world do you give it out? A great example of this actually resides in the land of Israel right now. There's these two bodies of water. Talking about an inflow and an outflow. There's two bodies of water in Israel. There's first the Sea of Galilee. Right? It's, it's more in the northern sector. And man, water flows into it from underground springs, flows in from the Jordan. All of the waters that come into it are coming down off of the mountains. And so it's a beautiful place. And if you've ever been there to experience it, it's just a beautiful place. And if you've never been, I highly encourage you to go. I mean, Peter fished yeah, in this water. Jesus walked on this water. Jesus calmed the storms on this water. It's just a fascinating place to get on a boat and to go out and have a little worship music playing and to pray while you're out on the Sea of Galilee. It's quite, it's quite amazing. And the water that flows into the Sea of Galilee brings life, by the way. 
And, uh, you know, there, there are fish and there is life and people are on ski boats. And it's just, it's kind of amazing to see, you know, people enjoying this sea or this lake called Galilee. But the water, as it leaves, it flows into the Jordan River again. And then it flows down into the Dead Sea. You probably see that on the screen. If not, can you make sure that you go back to that for a moment? Thank you. The water flows down into the Dead Sea. And, but here's the reason why it's called the Dead Sea. The, it's called the Dead Sea, and many of you know this already, so I'm not meaning to insult your intelligence, but it's dead because of two reasons. One, there's no water flowing out of it. Secondly, it's so salty that nothing can live in it. And so you've got this great dichotomy of this lake that is amazing and produces life, and you've got this other one that is completely dead. And this is a great like, real picture of our own spiritual journey, and follow me with this kind of analogy. But if you have an inflow and an outflow of God's power in your life, then you're healthy. If you have an inflow and an outflow, then you're healthy. If you only have an inflow, then you become unhealthy. And we see this a lot in church. We see a lot of people who know Jesus, they love Jesus, the Holy Spirit's living in them, but they're doing nothing to activate that faith in this world. And pretty much you come and you sit in a view and you sit in a seat and you listen to a sermon and you go through the motions and you've got an inflow but you have no outflow. I'm gonna tell you right now, your Christianity is like the Dead Sea. It's dead, there's no life in it. But also I want you to see this, if we don't have an inflow, but we keep trying to manifest an outflow, eventually you dry up. We see this in the church a lot as well. There's a lot of people who want to display the fact that, look, man, I love God, and God's working through my life, and they, they want to talk about it all the time, but there's no inflow, right? There, there's, no, there's, no, there's no personal prayer. There, there's no Bible reading. There's no engagement with God, right? They're, they're rarely even showing up to church, but man, they want to talk a good talk, but they don't want to walk a good walk. And in the end, what happens is that you just dry up spiritually. God doesn't want you and me to be selfish with the blessing that he pours into our life. God doesn't want us to be a people that just have, you know, been given all of these blessings from the Lord, including salvation and including the power of the Holy Spirit, just to be selfish with it. No, he wants us to be a blessing with it. I mean, consider this. God expects us to be generous in many different ways. Generous with our tithe and our offering. Why? Why? Because God's the one who blessed us with the job. God's the one who blessed us with the paycheck. So God expects our lives to be generous with his blessing. God expects us to be generous with sharing love and sharing compassion. Why? Because he's the first one who showed us love and compassion and he expects us to be people that are generous because we've been blessed to be a blessing. Because lastly though, in this whole example, God expects us to be generous, including the power of the Holy Spirit flowing through our life. And we're not just to like, maintain the gift of the Holy Spirit in our life or the power of the Holy Spirit in our life, but we are to be people that are allowing the Holy Spirit to have his way, manifesting the presence of God, manifesting the goodness of God, manifesting the power of God through our lives. We're generous, why? Well, because Jesus was the first one to be generous. For God so loved the world that he sent his only son. Jesus, he gave his life up for us on the cross. No greater love has any man than that that he would give up his life for a friend. 
That while we were still sinners, we had nothing to give back, Christ died for us. I mean, the generosity from Christ is our model. It's the reason why we are to be generous. So watch this. Our generosity, our desire to be used by God, our desire to be a blessing, right? Our desire comes out of our love for Christ. That's where it should come from. It shouldn't come out of our love for self. It shouldn't come out of our desire just to like have people look at us and go, wow, look how powerful they are. Look, look how amazing they are. No, our, our generosity should come out of our love for Christ. And we should be people that are saying, Holy Spirit, fill me up that I might be a blessing this week. Fill me up that I might walk you know, this life this week and manifest the love of Christ in my life. Like that, that's where the fruit of the Holy Spirit comes from. That's where the blessing of, of the Lord comes from. But I got good news for you. Um, what God desires for your life is even greater than this illustration I shared a minute ago about the lakes. What God really wants for your life is for you to be a power plant. A power plant. You guys know power plants. They, they're the thing that produces the power so that we can have the lights on today. So that we can broadcast today. Thank God for power plants. I got a strong amen on that one. And I think really that amen's coming from thank God for AC. Okay, so we all, we all get it, right? Now the largest power plant in America, does anybody know the largest power plant in America? Can you think just for a second? Where, where is the largest power plant? I think you would think this might be like kind of important since we love power, right? That you would want to know this. But the largest power plant in America is a dam. It's called the Grand Coulee Dam. It's in the state of Washington. State of Washington. This, place, this thing is massive. And the amount of power it puts out is like mind-blowing. But it's so big, the amount of concrete that it took to build it, this is what they say. They say that if you took all the concrete out of that dam, that you could build a sidewalk four feet wide by four inches thick at the equator of the earth and would wrap around the equator not once, but twice. That's a lot of concrete, people. That's a lot of money. If you've had any concrete work done on your house, you, write, you know right now, like that's gonna take more than a second mortgage on a house. It's gonna take a lot of money to make that thing happen. But this thing provides power for, check this out, multiple states. For the state of Washington, state of Oregon, Idaho, Nevada, Utah, Wyoming. Oh, and then it starts breaking it down. Western Montana, and in parts of California, oh, and also parts of Canada. That's a lot of power. I mean, they even say it generates, listen to this, 21 billion kilowatt hours of electricity a year. And if you're anything like me, you have no clue what that means. <laughs> so here's what it means. It has enough power that it's producing enough power to supply power to slightly over 2 million households. That's a lot of people. There's a lot of people today, right, that are either watching church online or they got up and they got ready with lights on and AC or fans blowing or hair dryers going or whatever it is that you used. I used a curling iron today. Um, I do not, by the way. I would burn my face. It would be horrible. If you ever see a big burn, you'll be like, he tried it. Yeah. 
I mean, but, but people got ready with power today in two million plus homes. It's amazing. God designed your life to be like that power plant. That wherever you go, wherever you go, that you would be giving life. That wherever you go, out of your life will be flowing the goodness of the Holy Spirit. That out of your life will be flowing the manifestation of God's presence. That wherever you go, you would be displaying the power of God. That wherever you go, you would be bringing the light of God. I want you to remember what uh, our scripture from last week said because it's going to be our launching point for this week. Romans chapter 8 verse 11 Take you back there. It says, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead, he lives in you. And, it ju- and just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life. Come on, someone say give life. give life. He'll give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. That's what I wanted you to see. I wanted you to see today what I had, what I had you requote. That the spirit's role is to give life. To give life to you, but also to give life through you. There's a power in and there is a power out. This is his role. So how does the power of the Holy Spirit give life through you? Well, first off, the power of the Holy Spirit is for your righteousness. That's the very first thing. For your righteousness. I mean, I, think, I, I thought that, that may, maybe you might have thought that, you know, I was going to talk about something else, like maybe the gifts of the Spirit. But I'm here to talk to you today about the real things that matter when it comes to the power of the Holy Spirit flowing out of your life. And first and foremost, it's for your righteousness so that you can live right before God. So that you can like, be a person who is living a life that is right in God's eyes. That you're being made right in God's eyes through the power of the Holy Spirit that brings salvation and continues the work of righteousness in you, living right before God, meaning living the life God's called us to live. But your righteousness is also being put on display in this world that, by the way, doesn't want to follow Christ. So your righteousness is both as being put on display for God, but it's also being put on display for the world to see. So the Holy Spirit is the one who's at work producing this righteousness, this power of righteousness in you and through your life. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, tells us a little bit about the work of the Holy Spirit producing righteousness. See what it says. It says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your life. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires. That's very important. He gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. I want you to notice, it's the power of the Holy Spirit that gives you desires to display a Jesus-centered life in public. Notice this, though. The Holy Spirit, it doesn't control you to do what is right. It's It's not that the Holy Spirit is even like, you know, broadcasting all the time, like this big billboard in front of you but he gives you desires. Let me just tell you this, that those desires, they come many times like whispers. They're they're fleeting, they're they're small, they seem somewhat insignificant in your life. They're, They're there in an instant, like a thought in your mind, a voice speaking to your soul, 
and then they're gone. And you move on with your life. That's the Spirit's voice giving you desires. Now, the sinful nature is just the opposite of that. The sinful nature is like being at a rock concert where the speakers are turned up to their maximum, where 140 decibels of sound are broadcasting to you like a jet engine. And it's like there's never a let up. The Holy Spirit's voice is like a whisper. And that whisper is powerful. It's like the river flowing through the power plant. And when you listen to it, it generates righteousness. It generates the power of the Holy Spirit in your life through your obedience. But it's a whisper, and if you're not listening, then you'll miss it. See, when the Holy Spirit whispers, he whispers really in in, in two frequencies, if I can say it that way, on a, on a most common basis. There are other things, right? But I want to talk about the most common things because they produce righteousness. First, the Holy Spirit whispers to convict you of sin. And uh, you, all of you have sensed that. Those of you who have surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, you have sensed the whisper of the Holy Spirit convicting you of sin, or you wouldn't have surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. Because you're not good enough and you're not smart enough, and I don't mean that in a derogatory way. I just mean that in a spiritual way, right? That you aren't good enough to find Christ on your own. The Holy Spirit was the one who was wooing you, drawing you, convicting you to himself. Jesus is the one who said it in John chapter 16, verse 8. He says, and when he comes, being the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world of its sin. This is like part of the role of the Holy Spirit. And he wants to convict us of our sin. Why? So that the outflow of the Holy Spirit's work in our life becomes more pure, more loving, more life-giving. Comes back to life-giving again. But guys, the Holy Spirit isn't just at work trying to get the sin out of our lives. He's also at work trying to get the power of the Holy Spirit flowing through our lives. So the second thing that he whispers most often is he whispers the fruit of the Holy Spirit, almost enticing us to develop the fruit of his Spirit in our lives. So you've got the convicting of the Spirit that is purifying, and you've got the replenishing with the fruit of the Spirit. This is what Paul writes about in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. He says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and goodness. Faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Hey, before, but before we get away from that scripture, I want you to notice something. The Holy Spirit produces. Like, look, if you were a businessman or woman and you had a business that made a product, you would say, I produce this product. So it would be equal to say this, that the Holy Spirit's business is to produce a product. And that product is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control in your life. And I know it's not what he means by it, but when he says, and there is no law against these things. The IRS doesn't come against him. There is no government law against it. It's a business that has the ability to flourish without being taxed. Amazing. I love that. I want that business. This is the work of the Holy Spirit, to produce these things in your life. I want you to consider with me for a moment. What would your life be like if you had more love in your life? 
What would your life look like if there was more self-control? What would your life look like if there was more gentleness or kindness? Like, what would your life look like if you had more patience? I know, I'm not going to dwell on that one long. Don't worry about it. Right? But consider that. Would your, would your relationships be healthier? Would your marriage be healthier? Would your self-image be healthier? Of course, the answer to all those things is yes. But here's what happens as believers are growing in their faith. We drift farther and farther away from the fruit of the Spirit as we get introduced to the gifts of the Spirit. And there is this like, problem within us that we want the gifts of the Spirit more than we want the fruit of the Spirit. Some of you are like, well, what are the gifts of the Spirit? The gifts of the Spirit are things like this. Paul talks about them, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, prophecy, incredible faith, right? The stand in the midst of opposition, tongues and interpretation, healing, miraculous signs and wonders. I mean, who wouldn't want those things in their life anyways? But oftentimes we want them for an unhealthy reason. We want them because it makes us look powerful. And I want you to know something, that the power out of the Holy Spirit has nothing to do with you looking powerful. It has everything to do with God looking powerful. And many times we want the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And let me just tell you this, as your pastor, I desperately want you to experience the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I want you at some point in your life to experience healing. I want you to experience, I want you to be the, the, the giver and the recipient. I want you to be someone who can trust God and pray for someone and see someone be healed. I want to see that for your life. I want to see you, you know, move in the miraculous powers of the Holy Spirit. I want to see your faith become this immovable mountain when you stand there in the face of opposition, when it seems like everything around you should crush you. Like, I want to see you speak a prophetic word. I want to see you and hear you speak a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge. I want to see that for your life. Like, I really do. I really do. But I would rather see you seek the fruit of the Spirit than the gift of the Spirit. I would just rather you see, I would rather see that. Why? Because the gifts should be a manifestation of the fruit of the Spirit. If we're going to be hungry for an outflow of the power of the Holy Spirit, I want us to be a church that's hungrier for the fruit of the Holy Spirit to be manifest in our lives than the gifts of the Holy Spirit to be manifest in our lives. Because I just have this sneaky belief that if your heart is healthy, the gifts flow naturally. And when the gifts flow, they're not repulsive, but they entice. That when the gifts flow, they're not spooky and weird, but they're healthy and whole. Like, I want to see that for your life. I want to see the gifts of the Holy Spirit be manifest out of this healthy fruit of the Holy Spirit in our lives because we've got a world that needs to be one to Christ. And Jesus told us that in the last days, there will be those who will come that will manifest the power, the gifts of another spirit. And many will be led astray, including those which would include some of you sitting here today. 
So who needs to be the one manifesting the power of the Holy Spirit through the gifts? The church. But as a leader, I've been around long enough to know that if we start beating the drum of the gifts before we start beating the drum of the, of the fruit, we will be beating the wrong drum. And so for your life and for my life, the gifts should be manifest from the fruit. So what should we do in my big point number one here? Well, we should start seeking after the fruit of the Spirit to be manifest in our life. How do you do that? I'm glad you asked. Thank you for asking. I, I want to put, put a, um, a chart up on, up on the screen. I want you to look at it with me for a moment. All right, Down at the bottom are the fruits of the Holy Spirit. The fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I know it might be small and hard to see, but this is the best way we can generate this. This is information from a recent Gallup poll done on thousands of Christians. And here's the chart you're looking at. The blue line, the yellow line, and the red line represent one thing, their engagement with God's word. Okay? Now notice this. That bluish color line is that what color it is? Yeah, okay, blue. Um, that blue line represents Christians who, in asked, being asked about the fruit of the Spirit, and they were asked in proactive kind of statement ways, but they were done from like, how much Bible engagement do you have? The blue line represents Christians who said, I don't read the Bible at all, to maybe I read the Bible twice a week, like the verse of the day from version. And that's where they saw the fruit of the Spirit active in their life. Now, the gold line or the yellow line represented Christians who said, look, I'm in God's Word three times a week. And when asked about the fruit of the Holy Spirit, like, do you see the love of the Spirit being manifest in your life? That's where they answered it. And so on and so forth. So you can see that three times it increased. The red line was four times or more in God's word a week saw something marvelous take place. The manifestation of the fruit of the Spirit did what? Radically increased. What does this tell you as a Christ follower and as a seeker of God and as a person who wants to see the power of the Holy Spirit flow in you and out of you? That if you want to see the fruit of the Spirit increase in your life, one of the ways that's going to happen is through being engaged in God's Word four or more times a week. Because what, they, what Gallup came back and really said was, we believe that this is probably people not just four, but once you clip over four, these are probably people that are in God's Word almost every day. It becomes a lifestyle. Church, I, I just can't, I can't st stress for you hard enough the engagement of God's word in your life and how it produces the fruit of the Spirit. You want to see the power of the Holy Spirit flowing out and through your life? You're going to have to carve out some time to be in God's word because it actually produces the fruit of the Spirit. Isn't that amazing? In addition to the Bible, if you want to see more of the fruit flowing from your life, First, I would, uh, secondly, I would ask you this to do this. Ask God to, get, to give you a greater sensitivity to the convicting voice of his spirit. If the convicting voice of the Holy Spirit seems to have grown numb or quiet in your life, well, you're going to need to get that back, okay? And you're going to need to first pray, God, would you make me more sensitive? 
I don't, I don't believe I've been as sensitive as you want me to be to the convicting voice of your spirit. I haven't heard the convicting voice of your spirit for a while, and I know my life's not perfect. If you can just be humble enough to admit that, then you're going to start to find some real fruit start to develop in your life. But can I just also thirdly recommend, you've got to turn down the, vo- down the noise um, in your life, and you've got to start taking time to listen. Recently, uh, in Kearney, I took my car, and on a hot summer day, watch this, I purposely rolled my windows down. I turned my AC off, and I turned my radio off. You might call me crazy. I thought I was too. But what happened was this. I had been recently driving in another place, and the windows were down, and um, it wasn't as hot, obviously. The windows were down, and I was like finding that. I was connecting with the community more. I enjoyed the, si- the sounds, not just the sight. I felt almost as if I was driving through a place and I was part of it versus windows up, radio on, can't hear anything. I just do my thing. So I tried it here in Kearney and it was mind-blowing. I rolled my windows down, I turned off my AC, turned off my radio and drove by a park and you could actually hear kids laughing and parents screaming at their kids. It was enjoyable. <laughs> you heard people is what my point is. right? You heard them. You were like, I'm part of this. You felt the wind coming in. You were, you were picking up you know, things that you don't normally pick up when we drive in our American cars with the windows up and the AC on and the Bose sound system alive. You see what I'm saying? Like I was picking up something because I slowed down to listen. This is the very same thing we need in our lives. you got to slow down, turn the noise down, and get yourself in a place where you say, Holy Spirit, help me to hear your whisper. It's going to be necessary for our lives. Are you with me so far? Okay, awesome. Very quickly, the last two. The power of the Holy Spirit is for building your faith as well. I mean, when you experience the power of the Holy Spirit moving through your life, you, you get encouraged. Let me give you some examples. You've heard these before, right? Praying for a kid on the streets of Mexico and his ears opening up and him hearing for the very first time. Very encouraging to me. Praying for a man in Romania that was an iron worker, had a piece of little steel in his eye, right? And they couldn't get it out, but he had a patch over his eye and was bloodshot, praying for him, taking the patch off and his eye being white like normal. Very encouraging for me. Also in Romania, I don't know if I've told you this before, but I was praying with other believers, and I was walking in the back. I like to walk and pray many times. And I'm walking in the back of this room, and I keep passing these people, and I'm not praying very loud, but all of a sudden, one of the Romanians stops me, and he says, how do you know our language? I go, I don't know your language. He goes, well, you're praising God perfectly in a dialect of Romanian And you're declaring the greatness of God. Church, all I was doing was walking in the back, praying in the spirit like Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 14. Right? I'm praying, letting the Holy Spirit pray through me. I don't know what I'm praying. I'm just believing that God, you're praying through me. That was a very encouraging moment. But let me tell you about some other encouraging moments that built my faith. Right? Because that's just part of when the Holy Spirit moves through your life. Following the Holy Spirit, the whisper of the Holy Spirit to find freedom from sin. Very encouraging. Super encouraging. Following the Holy Spirit to tithe and then watching God to provide miraculously for my family. Super encouraging. 
right? Sensing and prompting of the Holy Spirit to be generous and being generous beyond what I thought I could be generous and watching the domino effect of God's blessing at work. Watching God direct my personal schedule right into divine appointments. Super encouraging. Sensing the supernatural strength of the Holy Spirit to face adversity. Super encouraging. When you reflect back on the Holy Spirit's work in your life and you look back at it, it can do nothing but encourage you. And all of you have these stories. This is what makes up our testimony, by the way. My testimony is both built around Jesus saving my soul and it's built around the power of the Holy Spirit at work through my life. And you have the very same thing. And as you reflect back on the Holy Spirit's work through your life, it increases your faith. This is what, this is what God's word talks about with end time believers in the book of Revelation chapter 12. It says, and they were and they have defeated him, the devil, right? They've defeated him by the blood of the lamb and by what? Their testimony. Their testimony. What is it about their testimony? Well, they defeated him because Jesus is the one who set them free by his death and resurrection and by the blood of Christ and surrendering their life to him. But they're also being set free by the power of the Holy Spirit's testimony in their life. And they know that if God was faithful then, God will be faithful now. Amen. And it's the same thing that you and me need. So here, look, today, take a few minutes to reflect on the faithful power of God in your past. Just take a few minutes to do that. Thank God for his power at work in your past, and would you do something as well while we worship? Praise him for his power that's going to be at work in your future. God is faithful yesterday, today, and forever. Church, he's the alpha, the omega, right? He won at the beginning, he's winning today, he wins in the end. All right. Lastly, the power of the Holy Spirit is for leading people to Jesus. Yes. I mean, without the power of the Holy Spirit, it's a very difficult thing, right? Because the power of the Holy Spirit needs to be in us and flowing through us. Jesus is the one who made this point super clear. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he said, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. There's something about the power of the Holy Spirit coming upon us, to be a witness for him everywhere. Now look, I use this scripture a lot, and I knew that when I used it today, many of you were gonna go, like eyes rolling back into your head, and you're going, I've heard that scripture before. So I want you to see, Jesus didn't just say that here. Listen to what he said in John chapter 15. He says, but I will send you the advocate, the spirit of truth, talking to his disciples. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. He will come to you from the Father, and he will testify about me. And you must also testify about me because you've been with me from the beginning of my ministry. Guys, look, I know he's talking to his disciples here, but I really believe this scripture is still relevant for you and me today. Here's the reason why. We have journeyed with Christ because we have God's word. Right? We have seen the ministry of Christ from the beginning, and we have experienced his power at work in our lives. We have a testimony that we can share as well. I want you to notice the power of the Holy Spirit, first and foremost, is to testify about Jesus to you. There's a power in. Secondly, Jesus says that you are to testify about me everywhere you go. There is a power out. I love passionate people. Passionate people, I love. I'm talking about the kind of people that have had a life-changing, life-altering experience, and they want everybody to know about it. You run into these people all the time, right? They're the CrossFit people. I love passionate people. I'm not, this is not negative. I love CrossFit people. 
right? They're passionate about their workout and they'll come up to you like they've come up to me and they simply, you know, they simply kind of like, and then they look at you and they're like, so why aren't you coming? I mean, basically, that's the whole thing right there. That's the sales pitch. It's like, flex, why aren't you coming, all right? It's like, suck it in. You could have the same thing, right? All right, so I love that. I love that. People that are on diets that work, I love that too. Like, look, if you would just eat grass. I've been eating grass out of my yard. I've lost all kind of weight. It's incredible, all right? By the way, like, if you fertilize your yard, don't do that. Okay. And I'm not recommending it either, just making point right now. All right, people have traveled somewhere. They want other people to go to the same place, right? People that have started a new business, you've got to come check out my business. People that have eaten at a new restaurant, hey, come check it out. I love people that are passionate. I love mostly, though, people that are passionate about the spiritual life change that Jesus has brought to their life through the power of the Holy Spirit. How Jesus has set them free from addiction. I love that. People come to me and they're like, Pastor, have you read this in the Bible? It's amazing. Really, tell me about it. For God so loved the world. Man, have you ever heard anything more powerful than that? And I'm like, no. Where's it at? <laughs> of course, we all know John 3, 16. But I love it, man. I love people that are passionate. Like, man, God's working alive to me. Or, or they felt the love of God and the approval of God for the very first time. And all they can do is talk about it through the tears flowing down their face. Right? Or when prayer gets answered. I love passionate people. And the power of the Holy Spirit has made you a passionate people to outflow your testimony of the faithfulness and the power of God and the power of the Holy Spirit that's been at work in your life. And you shouldn't try to contain it. You're like an active volcano, people. You know the difference between an active volcano and a dormant volcano? One's got lava, people. One you like to look at. The other one you're like, that's a mountain kind of a thing. One you're intrigued by. The other one you're like, "Eh, it just has like trees growing on it. One people travel halfway around the world to see. The other one they can just look at a picture on Google. You are the active volcano. Volcanoes smoke. Lava comes out. Every once in a while they erupt. That's who you are to be, an active Christian that's displaying the power and the love of God, the fruit of the Spirit through your life, the testimony of God flowing through your life. I want to encourage you to invite the power of the Holy Spirit to have his way through your life today. I want to see you invite the Holy Spirit's power to lead you into righteousness. I want to encourage you to reflect on the Holy Spirit's power that's been at work in your past, that's created your faithful testimony And lastly, I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to break your heart for those who are far from God and ask him to empower your testimony to encourage others to follow Jesus. There is a secret agent living in you, and he desperately wants to get out, right? So will you let him have his way in your life? Let the power of the Holy Spirit flow out of you. Why don't you stand with me, and let's pray. Father, today we are reminded that we are not here alone and that this life that we live here on this earth was never meant to be something that is done on our own. 
That we're not good enough, we're not strong enough, we're not faithful enough, but through the power of the Holy Spirit at work through us, we can shine brightly for you. We can live a righteous life for you. We can display the love of God for you. The fruit of the Holy Spirit can be enticing. Lord, may we desire your fruit more than we desire your gifts today. And may the testimony of our life reflect your faithfulness throughout the ages, throughout the decades we've been on this planet, throughout the years we've followed you, throughout the days we've served you. May we declare your goodness through the power of our testimony. And may our life be enticing. May our life be an example that leads many, many more into a life-transforming relationship with you, Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. And everybody said, amen.